Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. In this world, we categorize things and we give things names. There's the animal kingdom and then there's the different species within the animal kingdom and they all have different names. Um, there's the kingdom that lives in the ocean and the fish and they all have different names. And then the, there's the world of humans and all the humans have different names. And in some way uh, they are categorized in the same way as we categorize animals. Um, different parts of the world are categorized by names. There are the Asian countries, there are the African countries, there are the European uh, countries. And then uh, there are the subsets within each larger set. And it gets all the way down to different religions, different nationalities, different tribes, sometimes even different neighborhoods. And often there's incredible conflicts in all of these situations. In some countries, if a uh, stranger would come into the country, he couldn't tell that there was a north and south. He couldn't tell that these people were at each other's throats because they speak the same language and they look the same. Yet there is a terrible animosity between them caused by various reasons. Often that reason is religion such as the Catholics and the Protestants in Ireland. Man sees the world in different ways. Transcended man sees a unity in existence. Non-transcended man sees differences. He sees his own egocentric self as separate from every other person and every other egocentric self. Sometimes <coughs> a group of egocentric selves join into clubs and these clubs are given names such as religions. And then they see this group as different than every other group. The point being that man sees differences. And as long as man sees differences, man cannot become unified. As long as man equates things as mine or his or ours and theirs, there are constantly going to be conflicts and there's constantly 
going to be chaos. Now, a lot of this stems from the nature of the mind and the nature of desire. The mind, if you've watched it, and we should all watch our minds to get some idea of how it works, the mind is a critic. And it sees things and it says, well, this is good and this is bad. And this is all right, but I shouldn't go there and it's okay to go there and I can do this, but I can't do that. Now you wonder, where did all these things come from? Well, they've been ingrained in us since we were children. Our mind has been taught likes and dislikes. And these things are incredibly deep-rooted and very difficult to transcend. Bawa says that which you learn as a youth is like writing in stone. That which you learn later is like writing on water. So the things that are ingrained in us when we're young are things that we carry with us. Now, when we're young and we're taught these things by our parents and our parents' friends and our teachers, we don't think of these things as prejudices. We think of these things as truth. And herein lies the great difficulty. We are taught what we consider inherent truths when we're young and in reality these things aren't truths what they are is the attempt to make prejudices legitimate and we're taught by our parents and by our society how to legitimize prejudices and how to legitimize differences. Somehow, we as an individual have to overcome all of these legitimized differences that we hold as sacred within our being. A Muslim has a son whose son is dating a uh, Christian and he has taken on the son the aspects of Christianity and he has now switched to a different Shariat. His Shariat is now the Shariat of Christianity. So in Christianity, you're allowed to drink. In Islam, you're not allowed to drink. An inherent conflict for the father. Now, can you ask the father the following question? Can you accept the legitimacy of Christianity? If you can accept the legitimacy of Christianity, then you should be able to accept the legitimacy of the Christian Shariat. 
Now, all of these kinds of questions, if you propose them to people, bring about internal conflict and bring about internal resistance and bring about uh, a kind of unresolvable chaos within the person being asked the question. Here you have all your inherent differences which you see as truth and now you're faced with other people's inherent differences which they see as truth and you have these truths that seem to you to be counter to each other how do you get to the point where you see the unification in all of these matters how do you get the point to the point where you can see peace through all of the differences and as opposed to the conflict that exists in the differences you can transcend these differences and be at peace with all of them how many people can go to a church in the morning go to a mosque in the afternoon go to a synagogue in the evening and then go to a Hindu temple after that and feel comfortable in each one of those places how many people can do that how many people have bypassed the inclination to be different now we need to be able to view this inclination to be different and find out what the root causes of it are in ourselves and it's easy to begin to understand them we are a, a being in a body and we operate through our senses well our senses are individuated to ourselves so I touch this and I feel this but you don't touch this and feel this while I'm doing it well we're separate we're different we take our sense perceptions as that which defines who we are so we have to go really deep into our own being to find out the definition of who we are because it's only through finding out who we truly are that we can find out what our true connection to others is Jalaluddin Mevlana Rumi talked about his death as the changing of a shirt he talked about his body as a bag of bones now we relate to our body as if it is who we are so we have to begin to work on the definition and the understanding <clears throat> of who we truly are.
Are we what we were taught as children? Are we what we were taught as teenagers? Are we what we were taught in college? Most of us who've gone through an educational process notice or should have noticed that the ideas that we had over the years continually change. That there is a progression in the way that we understand things. I was talking to a uh, Sufi Sheikh in uh, Turkey and he said to me he's never written a book nor is he ever going to write a book because everything he sees and everything he understands is constantly changing and evolving and he wouldn't want to define himself in a moment in the passage of time. Can we understand that? Can we understand that we are defi- we are in a constantly changing mode with a constantly different understanding of how things are and a constantly different way of defining ourselves. And can we get to the point where we define ourselves not as what we see, the manifest being that we are, but the non-manifest part of us that came from the previous world into this world. Allah made us from non-manifest into manifest. But in truth, the manifest part is going to disappear. And the only part that's going to remain is the non-manifest part. And if we truly began to understand the non-manifest part, we would understand that everything that we see is an illusion that has covered that which is real. And until we can transfer our consciousness to see the part that's real and not the part that's not real, we will continue to be in the world of differences. Now, can we transcend the world of differences so that we see the world of unity. If that happens, and when that happens, for the people that it happens to, unless they're able to remain in composure and react in the world the way everybody else reacts, even though that's not the way they really see things, they will be considered crazy by the world. Because the world can't understand the ones who see everyone as the same. The world can't understand the ones who see the non-manifest portion of everybody as opposed to just the differences. The amazing thing about a transcendent being like Baal Mohayadeen, is that he lived in the non-manifest and manifest world 
at the same time. So even though he was here among us in the flesh, he was also in the previous world and in the next world, all at the same time. He could see beyond worlds, and he could see through worlds. His sight was not limited. And your sight can also be expanded to see beyond this material world. But to do that, we have to give up the ideas that were taught to us as truth through our life, and we have to give up our attachment to them. Because as long as we believe that there are differences, we will see differences. As long as we believe that we are separate, we will see separations. It's only when our belief system changes and inherently becomes different and we accept a different set of values that we can begin to transcend this world. And a lot of that has to do with beginning to stop doing things for just ourselves. As long as we consider ourselves the center of creation, the most important point in creation, and that upon which we spend all of our time and all of our effort in emphasizing, as long as we do that, the separations are going to continue to exist and we're not going to break through the layer of the thoughts that we are somehow different, we are somehow better, we are somehow unique. It's only when we break through those ideas that hold us in place that we can become more. And how do we do that? How do we give up these ideas? How do we give up what holds us in place as separate individuals? We do it through effort. We have to start believing that others are also important and that others need to be helped. And we have to develop empathy. We have to develop a feeling within us that feels other people, but not just other people who are like us, all other people. Because if we just do it to ones who are like us, we haven't escaped from the binds of these ideas of separateness. We have individual separateness and we have group separateness. And that group separateness holds us back just as much, sometimes even more, than individual separateness. Bawa talks about shariat, tariqat, hakikat, marifat, and sufiat. Sufiat is that level that is beyond differences, beyond religion, beyond tradition, beyond 
everything in this illusory world beyond the manifest and that's a very important word beyond the manifest we have to be able to get beyond all of the things that we see we have to be able to get beyond all of the things we've been taught we have to get to the place where we are beyond our ideas now can you sit still and say to yourself I have let go of everything that I believe. I have let go of all of my ideas. I have let go of everything that I have learned within this world. And I sit here waiting for the truth to be unshrouded and shown to me. Can you imagine being in that place? But, imagine actually letting go of all of your belief systems. Because as much as you can repeat the words I just said, if you can't let go of all your belief systems, you can't go to that place that's free, to that place that's reality, to that place that is without the influence of all of your thoughts and all of the things that you've done. You see, every act that you've done in your life influences you. Every thought that you've had in your life influences you. They create who you think you are. And if it's not truth, then it has to somehow be given up. And that giving up is a process. Look how long it took you to become who you are today. Well, going backwards is going to take quite a bit of effort and time also. We can't repeal our history in a day. We can't erase the karma of a lifetime in an instant. But we can try. And then it's up to Allah how long it will take for it to be released. So we have work to do. We have work to do to become free of all of the ideas that have taken hold of us, that have shaped who we are, that are lies. So many lies I've now discovered, but I have not yet recovered from all the lies that I have swallowed that are still hid deep inside of me. And this is a universal dilemma. This isn't something that is just a problem for one of us. It's a problem for everyone. Everyone has these same dilemmas and everyone somehow has to overcome them and every once in a while someone rises up in a society who's overcome them who has transcended differences and becomes inclusive and their voice is powerful enough that it affects 
other people, Mahatma Gandhi, Martin Luther King, some of these people who free other people, who allow them to become more, Jalaluddin Rumi, they come through history as liberators of our inherent desires to be different. They tell us we don't have to be different and that there's a reward in understanding our sameness that is beyond any reward that we think the world can give us by being different. And what is that reward? That reward is the qualities of Allah. So if you can come to the point where you accept all and where you have no animosities and no differences towards anybody, then Allah's truth and mercy enter into your being and you react to everything else with the mercy and truth that he reacts to the world with. And we have to understand that and believe it. And this is the work that Baal Muhayyadeen came to do in this world. To allow us to transcend differences, to transcend our karma, to transcend our inherent qualities, and learn about the truth of where we came from and the truth of where we are going to. This is a mortal state. There is also an immortal state. And that immortal state is through learning the qualities of Allah and applying them to everyone we meet. May it be that way for each of us. Amin. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.